Grant County is full of amazing stories, and the purpose of this podcast is to collect those stories from the people that lived them. Where We Landed is a podcast that recognizes our whole story, told by the individuals that live and love this small Indiana county. Hey everybody, this is Scott Miller with Bowman Construction, and I am excited to be here today on Where We Landed. My other co-hosts today are Kylie Jackson with the Chamber of Commerce. Hey, everybody. And Alicia Hazelwood with the United Way of Grant County. Hello. And we have a special guest today who I'm really excited uh, to have in our studio is Dawn Brown with the Community Foundation of Grant County. So welcome. And we're going to do a bio on Dawn in just a few minutes. But before we do that, we are doing a trivia session uh, before each of our podcasts. And right now, I am O for however many questions we've asked. And so uh, uh, Kylie, though, is going to ask questions. And Dawn, you're invited to answer. So okay. one of our guests actually has an answer and is on the board as the guest team. Um, Iris is not here today, thankfully, uh, because she is the leader in the clubhouse right now. And so it's between me and Alicia and Dawn for the next session. So we're going to have three questions. And Kylie is the official host of the questions. Okay. Ready? Fire You did away. a really good job introducing uh, that. <laughs> so we will jump in. This is just, uh, I don't know how many weeks this is going to be. Maybe six or seven weeks. We'll do maybe until Don, until Scott can't stand it any longer. Yeah. <laughs> Which could uh. be right now. So <laughs> we'll see if I win this one. Okay. All right. So uh, as a reminder, this trivia game, um, it's Indiana Trivia. And it was uh, made in 1978, so none of the answers are or questions are newer than that. So, first question, first one to answer. Anybody can answer. What is an Indiana banana? Plantain. No. <laughs> <laughs> it grows in Indiana. Oh. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Maybe that's what they call it in other parts of the world. <laughs> I'm going to say an ear of corn. Oh, that's a good guess, but it's not right. <laughs> oh, that's a good guess, but you're wrong. It is a good guess. I, I like that one. Any mm. guesses, Don? No, I have no idea. The pawpaw. Never heard of a pawpaw. <laughs> the only time I've ever heard of a pawpaw is in the Jungle Book with Baloo, and he's eating pawpaws. Did he call it an Indiana banana? He did not. He called it a pawpaw. <laughs> well. It's like a prickly pear cactus type thing. Mm -hmm. All right. Next good question. And <laughs> question that is good would be one I can answer. So, okay. Let's, see what let's we got give it here. another try here. Uh -huh. Oh, it's another plant question. Oh, uh -oh. Brother. <laughs> okay. The white lacy plant known as wild carrot is found over Indiana. What's its other name? Queen Anne's lace. Yes. What? Are you kidding yes! me? Yes. Woo. I don't I can't remember which one's the applause. Yeah. We'll rock and roll on that. Dang it. All right. Yeah, That's now he's beating you, Alicia. Yeah. So. Thank you, Don. I found the applause button. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. All right. Scott is on the board. On the board. Dang it. We need to keep playing this game now. <laughs> okay. Um, hmm. All right. Last question. <clears throat> Nobody realized gonna... that was a carrot plant, though. Well, it's wild carrot. Wild carrot. Yeah, it's yeah, wild carrot. Like... You didn't know that? Okay. <laughs> I saw he called a Queen Anne Lace. He used to pick it and take it in the house for my mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is more of like an old wives' tale. Oh. Uh -oh. Ready? Okay. If a circle appears around the sun, it means what? Weather's changing. Don't give him that. Be more point. specific. Weather's it's going to rain. Going to get warmer. Colder. <laughs> That's not how you answer a question all right. with all the answers. <laughs> I just keep going until I get it. <laughs> it means fair weather is to follow. So no points for that one. But that was close. You are on the board. Yeah, though. you are on the board. One. Only one point. One point given on that uh, today. So. Okay. You should have just gone with the Indiana standard. We're getting weather. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Then right. Whatever worked. it is yeah. now, it will be different in 10 seconds. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So today on our on our podcast, uh, Don Brown, the president and CEO of the Community Foundation of Grant County, is joining us, and I couldn't be more excited. Um, I've gotten to know Dawn over the last uh, three years, three to four years, and uh, the work that she and the Community Foundation are doing here is just tremendous. And so thank you for all that you guys oh. do to invest in our community. It's a privilege. Thank you. And thanks for the opportunity to be here today. We're, we're really excited. Uh, one of the things that I learned about Dawn recently is that uh, she not only is a teacher, but is a speech teacher. So every time that I go to meet with her, I always get real nervous and think, man, you know, am I speaking appropriately? Am I handling myself right? Am I poised enough? Yeah. Eye contact, <laughs> hand motions, articulating like, things correctly. Yeah, she could definitely uh, probably dissect the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I yeah. feel every time we sit down in front of these microphones is I'm hyper aware of all the ums. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so's and all of that. Right. So, exactly. So. I'll be not uh, speaking for the rest of the session. <laughs> There's no grade today. Yeah. Uh, Dawn became president and CEO in 2012 at the Community Foundation. She uh, joined the Community Foundation originally as their development officer back in 2005. Um, born in Peru um, and has lived in Grant County since the age of seven. Um, she's got several awards here in Grant County and recognized for her leadership. Uh, one of those being the community uh, building work is an Athena Award recipient. Uh, she's also the Okra Award recipient for Indiana Main Street Volunteer of the Year and was at Indiana Wesleyan University's 2020 or was Indiana Wesleyan University's 2020 Tony Maidenberg Community Service Award recipient. So these are huge things, and thank you so much for all that you're doing. One of the things that I'd love for you to just kind of walk us through your journey. So the name of the podcast is Where We Landed. Yes. How did you get to Grant County? What's kept you here? Sure. You may have taken some time away from Grant County and come back, but maybe just uh, walk us through your, your story and, uh, and how you got to where you're at today. Sure. So I call myself a boomerang because I was here and then I left and then I came back. So I think there's a lot of us that are like that. Kylie would be one of them, too, even if we went off to college somewhere and we came back. So um, I wasn't born here. I was born in Peru, which so very close to here. Moved here when I was seven with my family and um, went to school here from actually I skipped kindergarten. So that's what kind of a little fun factoid about me. I was in kindergarten for about six weeks, and then they moved me up they to first grade. They could tell you were just advanced. Too, too advanced okay, for so Yeah, probably at that point. So <laughs> I don't know. I knew all my colors. I don't know what it was <laughs> at that point. Uh, but I uh, went to school here um, from the very beginning, graduated from Mississippi, and ended up marrying my high school sweetheart. So um, we've been together not just shy 40 years so it's been a That's very awesome. very long time not married that long but together for a long time and um so we i'm sure jerry thinks it was just like yesterday so. probably like five <laughs> minutes underwater right <laughs> um but um yeah he he is a great partner for me especially when you're involved in leadership i mean any spouse of a, a leader takes up the brunt of that as well and so he's been a great supporter to me but uh, we both did leave, go off to college. We went to different colleges. We were in different zip codes for different reasons throughout our life. Um, and then we actually spent eight years in Texas. So our oldest son is the only Texan in the family. And he, when he was little, he was really proud to tell everybody that he was the Texan and we were just Americans, <laughs> which <laughs> I thought was really funny because that's a very Texas thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but after he was born in Texas, my husband and I really wanted our children to know their grandparents. And so that was really what brought us back here to Grant County is we wanted uh, to have more kids and we wanted to make sure that they had a relationship with their grandparents. And we wanted to give that gift to our parents too, that they could have a relationship with their grandchildren. And so that's what brought us back here. And um, I have no regrets about that decision whatsoever. I think that relationship that they had with both sets of grandparents was really vital to who they are now as young men and and uh, i think it was great for our whole family and so you've raised two boys one uh griffin in yes. mid-20s and then dalton early 20s right 
Uh, Griffin graduate of IU's Kelly School, is that right? That's right, yeah, Kelly School of Business. He was valedictorian of Mississippi High School with this class and then got a full ride to um, Kelly School of Business, and so he did that, and he um, he's a really smart kid, really super proud of him. He's just always been um, very studious, very academic, and, um, yeah, great kid. Awesome. And then Dalton just recently uh, ended uh, his uh, tour with the in the army, uh, yes. uh, honorably discharged, and yes. is back home now. And I think you know I've had a chance to meet him over the last few months, uh, looking to maybe get into law enforcement. Is that correct? Yes, he's um, interviewing for law enforcement jobs now, so hopefully he'll get one of those soon. Um, technically, I think his last day um, in the army was November thirteenth, so. Um, we're just out about a month, and um, this will be the first Christmas that I've had my whole family home um, since four or five years, and so really excited to have him back. And, you know, we've sent Christmas gifts to Afghanistan. We've sent them all over the place wherever he's been, but really happy that he served. He always wanted to do that. His grandfathers both did that, um, and so he wanted to be able to say that he did that himself. I'm really proud of him. Yeah. Well, your whole family is a family of service. I mean, you, you know, your husband's in law enforcement as well, you mm -hmm. with the Community Foundation. And so I think you really laid the table for him and, and, and both of your kids to do great things. Yeah. Share with me a little bit or share with our listeners a little bit about the Community Foundation and maybe your vision for what it's going to look like in the future um, and also how people who might be listening could get involved with the Community Foundation. Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> community foundations are amazing. There's about 850 to 900 in the United States. So there's a lot of us, um, but there's one community foundation in every county in the state of Indiana, which is an anomaly. That doesn't happen anywhere else in the United States. We are the lone unicorn in that, um, in that realm. And a lot of states are really jealous that we have that many uh, community foundations in our state. So um it's a great place to work. I love the work that we get to do. We built an endowment for the community. And so it's a different kind of nonprofit. It's a different kind of giving. It's a different kind of uh, donor. So we're really looking to raise funds that not only can help our community today, but can help it uh, for the long term, literally forever. The Community Foundation will always be here. So it's really exciting to be part of that kind of work. Um, I think as far as my vision for the foundation, we're 37 years old this year, and so the majority of our uh, life as a nonprofit has been um, raising money, uh, developing our assets, building that endowment, and then doing grant making. There's tons of nonprofits, Alicia and Kylie, well, you too, Scott, you all know these nonprofit workers. They're out there um, with their hands and feet, serving their clients in big ways that um, it's really hard work. And so they need the support that we can give them. So we've been doing grant making for a very long time, and we're supporting those nonprofits that are really helping our friends and our neighbors in our community. Kind of for the next phase, um, as far as my vision for the foundation, you know, when we look at grant making, that's about four and a half to five percent of our assets that we're rolling out into the community every year, which still is over two million dollars. It's a lot of grant making that we do. Um, but there's still 95% of our assets that are endowed, they're invested, and there's some wise ways that we can look at leveraging those dollars too. So we're looking in the next phase of the foundation is trying to figure out how to use that 95% of our assets and maybe not just invest in Wall Street, but doing some investment in Main Street too and um, leveraging uh, some of those funds for local uh, loans uh, that can have both a social impact and a financial impact too. Yeah. So you talk and have done amazing work inside the community foundation. You've been recognized for a lot of those things, but I get nerdy about what is it personally you're passionate about? So you boomeranged, you were in Texas, like coming back home and raising your children back home was important to you. What um, has tied you to Grant County? Where do you spend your time um, now that you have adult children and they're kind of starting to spread their wings? What are you passionate about? 
So um, one thing that I'm super passionate about is just the nonprofit work that I've been able to do um, with the Community Foundation and then kind of harken back to where I started, which was actually in the classroom. My undergrad is in education. My um, my master's is in business management and kind of merging those two together is um, really what I love to do. So what I'm doing most recently is I've launched uh, a blog for my birthday in September. My husband bought me dawnbrown.com, which is hilarious um, as a gift, but also <laughs> that he knows me so well. I couldn't believe it was even for sale. So I started blogging um, in October just to try to help other nonprofit leaders that are maybe smaller and don't have a lot of budget help them understand how to steward and market and communicate with donors on a low budget basis. And so um, I love the nonprofit work we're doing, but I also love teaching. It's always been something I've been passionate about. And I don't think that I've no matter what job I've done, I don't think I've ever been in a situation where I haven't considered myself a teacher. And so that's what I'm truly passionate about right now. When I figure something out, I love to share it with people. And so my blog's really all about what I'm calling knowledge generosity. Like I feel like there's time, talent, treasure. Everybody knows about those and talks about those all the time. But I think that uh, knowledge is also something that we can be generous with. I think your network is something you could be generous with as well. Sharing our networks, introducing people that might need to know each other. And so um, that's what's really uh, occupying my, my space right now. So I do a lot of writing. I love to write. Um, I know people love to read all the time and I like to read too, but writing is something really fun for me. So um, I do a lot of that with my blog and I'm really, really enjoying it. With your blog, is there been any particular article that you've had over the last couple of months that you got a great reaction to? I, I'm sure you got great reaction out of all of them, but was there one that was differentiated that you'd say this one really seemed to hit home with, with the people who were subscribing to your blog? I th uh, that's a good question. You know, I've only been doing this since October, so we're only like 10 weeks in now. Um, I think there isn't necessarily one that um, speaks volumes in that way. What has really impressed me most is I've done a lot of national speaking since I've been at the Community Foundation, just going out to different states and teaching people what we do as a community foundation. So basically teaching them how to community foundation, uh, so to speak. And so um, when I just was announcing to people that I've spoken to over the last, you know, five or 10 years, and I'm doing this kind of the... Um, the compliments and the encouragement that I've gotten from those people and even some people saying, oh, I remember when you spoke in Kansas that you said this. I don't remember saying that, but they remember that. So it's been, I think, great just kind of touching base with all these people that I've taught in the past that are still happy that I'm starting to do this now, which has been um, really encouraging to me and, and shows that they still have a thirst for that kind of knowledge and they still need it. So um, makes me feel valued in what I'm able to offer. Um, you and I are connected via LinkedIn is one of the places. So I, I get to see the blog. You, you've been able to integrate it into your, your LinkedIn. Yes. Um, are you also, is there another way? So if somebody wanted to subscribe to the blog, do they just go to dawnbrown.com and, mm -hmm. and then they're able to subscribe that way? Yeah. And I'm actually, you know, you say that as if it's like not that big of a deal and it's not, except that like I made that website. Like, how do you make a website? I didn't know how to do that three months ago. I learned how to do that. And I learned how somebody can sign up for my blog and subscribe. So I'm pretty like, how did I get technical? I don't even know how that happened. So, you we know, we understand the feeling. I sure. we put together the podcast. <laughs> We're like, we didn't know how to do a podcast six weeks ago and 10 weeks ago. And here we are. Right, exactly. But you're not the first one to do a podcast. So you can learn from somebody. And so I would YouTube video and then I would do program it and YouTube yeah. and program. And so, yeah, just go to dawnbrown.com and you can subscribe for uh, the podcast and it'll just arrive in your inbox um, every Wednesday at 11 o'clock from my keyboard to your inbox that goes there and just all free ideas that I'm hoping people will steal because they don't have a lot of time and they don't have a lot of money. So if they can steal somebody else's idea and use it wherever they are to help them fundraise so that their mission can be furthered, that's kind of the whole goal of it. Yeah. So you're talking to and educating these people from all over the United States. Mm -hmm. 
if they were to like, hey, I'm going to be in your area. I'm going to be in Indianapolis because everybody thinks Indianapolis is super close to us. I'm going to be in Indy. Yeah. And I want to swing by. What would be somewhere that you would take them in Grant County to kind of show like this is this is my home. What's your example of that? So I only have to pick one place. Oh, you can mention multiple places. (laughs) It just really depends on the time of year. Like definitely if it's summer, we're going to um, Matter Park, obviously, because it's beautiful. Like it's so beautiful there. And I love to show that park off. But I also like all the different little breweries we have and the boutiques we have. Um, I love these small shops, I think are great because you can buy gifts for people that it's one of a kind. And so I love those kinds of things. Of course, Christmas, you have to go to the walkway of light. So it just really depends. Um, You know, when I was in Texas one year, I was telling the story not too long ago, my husband and I went to this Randy Travis concert, which I mean, You might not remember who he is now, but in Texas, he was kind of a big deal. And we were in the lawn seats. And so we had this big blanket that was a Garfield blanket that I brought from home because obviously Garfield. And um, then we ended up getting this upgrade from a radio station that was coming around the lawn seats, handing out these upgrade tickets. So we got these upgrade tickets to move into like the sixth row. Mm -hmm. And there was this guy there that saw my Garfield blanket and said, oh my gosh, I love Garfield. I'll give you a hundred bucks for that blanket. I'm like, sold, done. like done. <laughs> I got upgrade tickets and sold the blanket. It's just amazing how many people across the world love Garfield. And so not to take that tour, I think, would be uh, something uh, that people would need to see. You shouldn't miss that. At the foundation, we have a Garfield there and we literally have people from all over the world that'll come and say, hey, can we get our picture taken by your Garfield? So, um, you know, we have some unique things in our community. I, I mean, you can't skip Ivanhoe's I don't think that would be a crime right. and so there's always and there's a, a Garfield there and there's a Garfield there too I mean hopefully during <laughs> uh, strawberry shortcake season would be ideal but anytime's fine right, <laughs> right. so um yeah and we love um we love going over to Bad Dad and, and Grains and Grill in Fairmount too there's just so many different um fun places Payne's is great too why are these all revolving around food I don't yeah, know we but we've, <laughs> noticed, we've noticed that I've lots of guests and ourselves it yeah. all revolves around food Can't help it can't help it but yeah family good food one of your most recent blogs uh was a generosity blog and and maybe tease it up a little bit but it was called die hard is a christmas movie and so i'm a big die hard Hard fan (laughs) so um, maybe just tease that for i guess as an example of some of the things that you write about Yeah, so we, I don't want to start a fight here with any of the audience about whether or not it is a Christmas movie, but because it is, uh, because it is, um, I always try to um, get people to know a little bit more about me or about my family um, and about my take on generosity, kind of the lens that I look at generosity through. So this blog was um, literally talking about. Hallmark movies, which I love. I'm a, I'm a diehard fan of Hallmark movies. And my family is teasing me relentlessly about like, have they had the misunderstanding yet? And is, is his name Chris or is her name Holly? And yes, it is again. Um, but uh, just talking about uh, the fact that we're really blessed at this time of year. I mean, I can sit by my fireplace and cozy up to a blanket and watch a Hallmark movie, um, but not everybody is that blessed um, this time of year. So just really encouraging people that um, are thriving right now, maybe to consider giving to people who aren't thriving right now, because we don't know what kind of boat we're going to be in next week or next month or next year. And hopefully someone would do the same for us. So that's kind of the core of the blog. Of course, the end does tie it up to, um, to out the fact that the one of the main characters in Die Hard's name is Holly. So I think according to the Hallmark theory that technically Die Hard would be a Christmas movie. But, you know, I'm not going to fight anybody about that. But I think <laughs> it probably does play into that. <laughs> if, if our listeners or people who are listeners know want to get involved with the Community Foundation, how, how do people go about that process? What, what's that look like in our county and and 
And how would you encourage people if they so chose to do that? How would they get involved with the community foundation? Yeah. So one way, um, you know, if people want to review scholarship applications, they should certainly call the community foundation. We're always looking for people who want to review those uh, blindly. We put those applications up and the names aren't attached to the students at all. And they can gauge those and uh, rank them based on criteria. And so um, that would be one way. Certainly another way is just determining what kind of legacy you want to leave in your community. Um, do you uh, think scholarships are important and you want to do something with scholarships because that helped you go to college? Um, is the park important to you? Are animals important to you? Um, is education important? What kind of legacy would you like to leave? And if somebody wants to do something that has a long-term impact in this community, then they should definitely come by the foundation. We're at 505 West 3rd Street in Marion. Uh, so we can talk about what we could do to help them. Uh, so that would be uh, the next best thing to figure out how, how you can leave your family's name um, related to something that shows your generosity and your spirit. This episode of Where We Landed is brought to you by the United Way of Grant County. The United Way's mission is to build stronger families. We believe that sharing inspirational stories helps strengthen the fabric of our community. To get involved, contact the United Way at 765-662-9811. So I have another kind of quick question. Yeah. He tends to dig into business. I tend to dig into the personal side of things. That's why you guys make such so, a great team. <laughs> so it makes me wonder, um, you were in Texas, you came back here. What was something when you boomeranged back to the community that surprised you about the community? And what was something that you thought, ooh, I can really connect in? Or was it hard for you to reconnect to the community when you came back? Well, the first thing that surprised me, and I know this sounds like I'm making it up or it was from a book, but I swear to you that the trees looked greener and the grass, <laughs> the grass is different. I know it sounds crazy, but if you've ever lived in like Florida or Texas where it's super hot, like that is true. Yeah, it's like, brown. <laughs> yeah, it's brown. So I really missed the trees. I missed autumn so much. They don't have autumn in Texas. And so it's my favorite season. I love the changing of the seasons and so that was something that I was really, really happy to get back to. And I think just when you grow up here and it's common for any teenager that you think, oh, I want to get out. I want to go away. I want to go off and explore. And I and that's there's nothing wrong with that. I encourage that for my kids, too. I think people should travel and go see things that are different from our community. But coming back, um, I really appreciated a lot of really small things like when you go to the post office they know your name or they recognize you or they and uh, they know your family um my favorite thing about grant county is no matter where you go you always know someone but you never know everyone like to me that's the perfect sweet spot i don't want to know everyone there but i would all, i always like to know like look around and see who we know that's always been something that's been really really fun to me. Um, I do remember the first time um, I came back. Uh, it was in 98 uh, when we moved back here. And I was working for Universal at the time. So I was literally um, home officing before it was cool, before <laughs> COVID, had the home office going and would just uh, fly to LA whenever they needed me there or wherever in the United States they needed me. So it was a weird way to move back because I worked for this big company out of a home office. So I was here, but I really wasn't here. I was working here, but not really living here, if that makes any sense. And um, I remember picking up the paper and reading articles. Um, Kylie, you probably remember this. Maybe you do too, Alicia, Framework for Change back in the day. Remember reading about that in the paper, this big leadership initiative that was happening and thinking, you know, there's a leader right here in this home office and nobody even knows that I'm here. So I was having this um kind of weird experience feeling like I really needed to live where I worked. And um, even though I was kind of doing that, I wasn't involved in the community like I should have been. So um, I remember hearing um, it was probably maybe it was it was 98 um, during the 
the spring semester where you have all these graduation speeches that are run on C-SPAN all the time and they replay them. I was watching one of them and the speaker was talking about that argument about if the glass is half full or half empty. And the class was arguing whether it was half full or half empty. And he decided to go ask his grandmother because he thought she was, you know, an elder and she was wise. And she said, well, I think it depends on whether you're pouring into the glass or drinking from the glass. And um, I know that seems crazy that that would have been like this monumental like moment for me, but it was. And I realized that probably if I really wanted to be happy in Grant County, I couldn't just be taking from it. I needed to be pouring into it. And so it was at that point that I decided to quit that job with Universal and find a job here locally and start leading locally. And um, I did that in um, 2002. And um, never look back. You're in a really visible, high-profile role in the community. So people see you all the time. And, and I think one of the things that I'd be curious is, what do you think people most misunderstand about you? So, mm-hmm. you know, because when you see somebody at a distance, I think people perceive one thing. And do you have any feedback or gut as to kind of what what – most misunderstood what's most misunderstood about Don Brown I could probably pick a lot of things there are um, lots of things because people know me in a lot of different ways they know me as their speech teacher they know me as their um, you know community volunteer on the board or they know me through the foundation specifically uh, you know Kylie's my kind of sister and this so my soul sister and that we're not huggers <laughs> so I think everybody kind of knows that about us it's true <laughs> it is true no misunder- it's been a good two years <laughs> no misunderstanding on that particular I know I'm kind of I was kind of excited about that thinking hmm, maybe it won't come back but I don't know oh, as long as back. Iris Brenner's around the hugging will can, can take Iris is my soul sister in that particular respect. exactly <laughs> so um i think because of what the work that i do um and because i am leading and i am out there a lot um at the tables and behind the microphone and that kind of thing people would assume that i'm an extrovert and i'm not at all i'm Die hard and introvert. So um, I I play an extrovert on TV, so to speak, um, because you have to. And you're in the fundraising business. You have to be um, an extrovert. You have to exercise that muscle a lot. So I do. And I also have to unwind and recharge a lot so that I can fuel up for the next time. And so uh, people are surprised when they say, "You can." There's no way that you're not an extrovert. Oh, there's a way, <laughs> um, but it's just part of the job and I have to do it just like if you have to get really good at Excel or if you have to figure out how to set up a podcasting studio, <laughs> you do what you have to do and then you figure out how to recharge your batteries so that you can go and do it again the next day. I've been to your office a couple of times. And one <laughs> a of couple the th- of times, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe more. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I'm always amazed and, and I think that you're a reader because you've got a lot of books around. And so mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that our listeners always like to hear. Like, are there one, two, three books that you might be reading right now that you might recommend to our listeners? Um, and I'll probably take some notes on this too, because I love to read, but sometimes mm-hmm. as an introvert, that's one of the ways that you kind of replenish yourself. And so I don't know if that's true for you or not, but if it is, any book recommendations? Yeah, it's definitely true for me. I've always believed that readers are leaders or leaders are readers, however you want to say it. Um, so I do like to read a lot. I don't read fiction, though. Uh, so sorry to let anybody down out there who's, you know, trying to read the John, John Grisham books. That's just not something that I'm doing. I'm always reading the nonfiction stuff I'd like to learn. Um, I'm a nerd like that. Um a proud nerd like that. And so um, I just finished a book called Big Magic. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. It's talk um, Big Magic. It's by Elizabeth Gilbert. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love. So oh, you might yeah. know her yeah. from that. Um, and I really loved it. It was really inspiring to me. It's all about um, creativity and how just because you're not an artist doesn't mean you don't have that creativity within you and how if you lead a life of curiosity and not fear, then that creativity can grow and thrive. So it's really a powerful message for me. And I loved, uh, I loved every 
bit of that book. I would highly recommend it to someone who feels like they're um, not leading a life that is as curious as it could possibly be because it could open a lot of doors. So that was uh, a great read that I just finished. Um, not too long ago, I read The Four Disciplines of Execution, which is a Covey book. I've always liked Covey. And I used to have the Covey planners. My mom, my mother-in-law mm-hmm. would get those to me for Christmas for years before we had iPhones. <laughs> I'd get those Covey planners every year. Uh, but I loved that book. I think a lot of people everywhere could read that book, but in Grant County especially, uh, really talks about plans and strategic plans and how those are great, but they're not great if they're not executed. And so I think that that's where we falter a lot with all kinds of plans and not just in Grant County or in our organizations, but even personally. I mean, everybody's getting ready to embark upon New Year's resolutions and how's that going to go in March, you know? So um, really coming up with how we're going to execute those plans and and how the death of a lot of strategic plans um, end up on the shelf or in a binder because nobody's really figuring out how to execute those plans strategically. So that book was really, I, I thought, very powerful. Uh, a book that I haven't reread it recently, but one of my all-time favorites that I love um, is a book called uh, Visioneering by Andy Stanley. And um, he's, a, he's just a great speaker altogether. But the book... Um, is talking about engineering visions, so visioneering. Um, But I really liked the back and forth uh, play that he did talking about um, how visionary people today are really not a lot different than they were back in Bible times and compares today's leaders with uh, Nehemiah and the rebuilding of the wall in Jerusalem and how there were uh, dream crushers even at that time and how, you know, he was just a cupbearer to the king. How could he imagine rebuilding a wall or something that was, you know, really need to be done, but nobody in the town could even see it anymore because they passed it every day and they just became blind to it and how, um, you know, God could overcome all of those things to make some really, really big thing happened uh, to happen to people that are willing to uh, take their gifts and um, have their kind of inner circle of knowing who to go to coffee with and who you can trust to express these uh, visionary ideas that you have so that big things can happen in your community, in your life, in your family, in your church, in your home, that kind of thing. So I, I love that book. I recommend it all the time. I've bought so many copies and given them out. I don't even know if I even have a current copy myself, but really um, valuable, I think, for anyone that is a dreamer. That's one that I've read and highly recommend. But the other two are new to me, and so I'm looking forward to those. So I giggle because I like to read, but I like to read fiction. Like, I want completely lost. I don't want it's my time to, like, turn my brain off and not learn anything. Um, You huggers. But I know. Us huggers. It's so awful. So, but we do like to encourage. I have I drive a lot for work. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got our um, organization partners in India and Fort Wayne. And so being on the road, I love listening to new podcasts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And we always like to talk about self-care and recharging because of the type of work that we do. Mm -hmm. So what are you possibly listening to as far as podcasts or music that kind of recharges you? And what are you watching? Do you watch mindless TV or do you also like watch documentaries and learn in every aspect? Oh, so so many good questions I all know, in one. So, um, so <laughs> uh, as far as my main um, podcast that I've been listening to for a few years now, um, I listen to Dax Shepard's Armchair Expert. I'm sure a lot of other people do too. Um, I really like it because I don't always agree with them. And I love just kind of the back and forth they have with their guest. Anderson Cooper was on this week and it was just incredible listening about his life and the Vanderbilt family and just love learning and listening to experiences of other people so that's always uh, really fun there's two a week and usually I can with my drive times I can get both of them in in the car which is really (laughs) super fun um the the tv though you know 
it's interesting. Like I am reading all this nonfiction and my TV is like junk food. Like it's yeah. total <laughs> junk food. I mean, if Ted Lasso can be considered junk food, I don't know. Like there's got to be some nutritional value there too, right? There's there's a couple Ted Lasso fans over here. Yeah, so. absolutely. Love it. Total Ted Lasso nerd dressed up as, you know, a Ted Lasso kind of character, so to speak, for Halloween. Uh, just made biscuits of, for friends. I did. I made the yes. biscuits. I forgot. They're not that great. But I did it. And I had those tiny little boxes. It was so cute. Um, yes, I'm a huge Ted Lasso fan. Um, I love to just binge just about anything. We've been uh, re-watching um, Big Bang Theory lately. I love Big Bang Theory. So we started from the beginning not too long ago. Um, so uh, I've always been a huge Friends fan. Um, just started re-watching How I Met Your Mother again because it ended so badly. It took me a while before I could go back to it, but I think I'm okay now. <laughs> um, yeah, so just kind of uh tv like that parks and rec has always been a huge favorite of mine so i've had so many people tell me since i did work in politics that i should watch parks and rec and i've watched like three episodes and i'm like ooh, too close like it's <laughs> still too nine years later still too soon yeah it's i love close. it i tell people <laughs> i want to be the philanthropic leslie nope because she just loves her job so much loves her community so much just has such um, excitement and fervor for what she does and the passion that she brings to it. Um, I think you should have no matter what job that you're doing. And so that's why I want to be the philanthropic Leslie Nope. She's, she's amazing. Waffles work and friends, <laughs> not necessarily in that order. <laughs> Some Galentines. Some Galentines. Definitely celebrated a few of those. And yeah, she's, she's amazing. I love you and I like you. <laughs> <laughs> You're one of the best networkers in, in our community, I think. And, and oh, I think thanks. it's something that you enjoy doing as well. Um, you'd also mentioned earlier that, you know, you enjoy having coffee with people. So if you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would you choose and why? Historical figure. So if it weren't historical, I definitely would say Seth Godin, but he's still alive and, but he's amazing. And I'd love <laughs> to meet him and have coffee with him someday. That big bald brain of his is just uh, incredible and amazing. And I learn from him every day, but historical figure, um, I would, I think I would have to say Einstein. I would love to um, just learn a little bit more about him. I mean, every time it seems like I'm looking at all these quotes and things that he said, and it resonates with me, like uh, everything that, um, you know, he's quoted to have said, and just all the things that he, uh, he did. I did watch a documentary on him, which was fascinating, and just think it'd be really interesting to uh, see what's behind all that crazy hair of his, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's so, a good one. I'd love to do that. So I'll share with you just a little bit. There is a fiction book that I read because I love historical fiction books. Okay. And uh, the Einstein theory. Mm. And so it's a background fake story around the time that Einstein was here during the World War dealing with the atomic bomb and stuff. So the Einstein theory is really good. You might like it. Even though it's fiction. That's I mean, it's okay. Not, I, I still might but like it, it. It blends Einstein in there a little bit. It's really I, good. I have this picture of Einstein on the front page of my website um, that shows the typical Einstein that you would see. And then one of uh, a picture that somebody made somewhere that he has like the perfect haircut and is like cleanly shaven. And, <laughs> and I joke that that's what, you know, people would look like if leadership weren't so hard. <laughs> this is what it drives you to. <laughs> I mean, leadership is hard. Maybe that's what we need to do is like a leadership picture and like not so polished and put together. Like I this mean, is what it is. We're in the arena, right? <laughs> right? That's what happens when you're marred in the arena and it's tough out there. It's tough. I think in Grant County to be a leader, stuff everywhere, but um, we are in the arena and um, we're not sitting on the bleachers being spectators. And so there's something that happens to you that makes you look a little bit more like the classic Einstein than the quaffed <laughs> Einstein. So um, it's not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. If we're giving Einstein book suggestions. Uh -oh. Yes, please. <laughs> Have you guys read Moonwalking with Einstein? No. I would highly recommend it. It's a... Uh, a book about memorizing things. Oh. It's how to, it's like the art and science of remembering everything. 
Well, my husband will thank you for that. My memory is terrible. And he's like, how can you not remember that? I just it, keep trying to tell him I'm putting so much in that something has to leave. <laughs> yeah. But that can help It's me. a really, really cool theory. And I can't, the, it's basically like, so the, it, the exercise it starts you with is memorizing your grocery list. Okay. And so the way, not to get too deep into it, but the basic construct is you think of a, a place that you know really well, like your house. And you start at the front door, and that's the top of your list. And at the front door, there's bananas sitting there. And you or walk pawpaws. in. Or pawpaws. <laughs> Indiana <laughs> bananas. Indiana bananas, yeah. But basically, like, uh, so So then you're, as you're walking through the grocery, you're walking through your house, and you're remembering all the things that in your head you put on in each mm. of the rooms. Oh, so, fascinating. It was I mean, an interesting read. That so. doesn't explain why I can't buy my glasses occasionally. But <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder what happens, but I'm like, oh, bananas. Oh, man, I need to fold that blanket over there. And that chair's out of place. I need to move that somewhere exactly. else. Well, the, the author, he he got into it because he was, um, there was like world memorization tournaments. Oh. And he was covering them for like a news article and was amazed by how people memorize things. They could remember I mean, like thousands of things. Facts wow. and stuff. Yeah. I wonder if you hooked up to like one of Tim Harris's peak memory things, how oh, on yeah. fire your head would be if you were memorizing all of that stuff. I'm not sure that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Your husband has no room to give you grief, by the way. He wants to retire to be an alligator hunter, you said? He would love that. <laughs> like we were talking before the podcast, if he could move to Florida and catch gators and or pythons as a job, he would be in seventh heaven. Like he thinks that would be the best job ever. All right. It more makes, power to you. <laughs> it makes me want to hide like a stuffed alligator somewhere on Marion Health campus and have him find it. <laughs> he, would, he would love it. Like anytime there's any kind of critter or anything and this was the same before he retired from the Marion Police Department if there was some kind of critter or animal or snake or anything they would always call him and he would just love going in and catching it <laughs> can't even tell you how many times he's caught things in our neighborhood and he always has to take them and release them in their natural habitat I was say, does so he bring it home he will bring it home temporarily <laughs> and then um, make sure he releases it into the wild where it will thrive that's important to him too and so <laughs> I have uh, one wrap-up question for you. Oh. Um, and my my contention is that this community foundation is one of the most successful in the state of Indiana um, in the work that you're doing. Um, growing exponentially as it relates to your endowment um, mm -hmm. under your leadership. What's one of the things that the community foundation has done that you didn't expect that it would do either during your time or during the tenure of the organization. So it's been in 37 years of existence, but yeah. anything that comes to mind? So we are, we still are considered a mid-size community foundation as far as our asset size and even our staff size. Um, I do remember having a lunch meeting with one of my board chairs at the time that was saying, you know, um, I think you'll probably end up getting this kind of a raise once you guys hit 40 million in assets. And I looked at him, I said, do you, are you asking me to just resign and go find another job now? Like, how are we going to hit that? Like, that's pie in the sky. When I uh, started as CEO in, in uh, 2012, we were at 18 million. I'm thinking, how are we going to raise that money? Um, but we've nearly doubled in size in the last nine years. So we're almost at 36 million now. I never in my wildest dreams thought that that could, um, that could happen. It's a lot of money. And uh, we're, we're not the richest county in the state, in case you haven't noticed. Like, we're not Indianapolis, but we're not Carmel either. We're not any of these big cities that have have a lot of industry, a lot of resources, but we do have a lot of generous people. And I know Alicia can contest to that as well. It's amazing um, how many salt of the earth generous people that we have. So I never in a million years thought we would have uh, grown so quickly. And um, it's, you know, it's not any to my credit. It's all the credit of the people that are in our community that, um, you know, when you shake somebody's hand and you can literally feel the 70 years of labor in the fields that he did it as a farmer and he's giving uh, so much money to help benefit 
friends and neighbors that he will probably never even meet. There's something that's really special about that to me that I take really seriously. Uh, And these are the kind of people when you're in the philanthropy business that you get to meet and know and have cups of coffee with. And that's, um, to me, what makes the job so meaningful. I just love meeting uh, generous people. It's one thing if you're, you know, being generous and you'll get to meet the recipients of that generosity or see the building with your name on it. That's great. And I love that. And we continue to encourage more of that. But it's really uh, this special uh, kind of feeling when, you know, people are giving to help people, um, you know, 10 years from now, 50 years from now, literally people that they will never meet people that aren't even born yet. And um, they just are doing it because they want to make their corner of the world a better place. Um, I, I just, I love that part of it. Dawn, thank you so much for coming in and spending some time with us this yeah, week. Yeah, of course. And um, thank you for all that you're doing with the Community Foundation. Every time that I interact with you, I always feel better about the world after I leave your presence. And so, even when I like wear my Hawaiian lei, just wondering if you're going to wear your Hawaiian shirt, shirt in yeah. November. Yeah, uh, even yeah. then, <laughs> <laughs> even then, yeah. um, that, that you're doing awesome work. And thank you for it. And you, as you said, leadership is hard and um, and what you're doing, there are tough days uh, that you have to endure. And so thanks for being encouragement to so many of the people in, in this community and and um, and for just being so positive in all that you do. Well, I should, you know, extend that thanks to the three of you. You don't have to be doing a podcast talking about the great things that are happening and the wonderful people that are from here. And I know Alicia and I have talked about this probably for a decade or more that the um, positive narrative needs some airtime. And so I'm really happy that you guys are doing it. You could be doing anything else. You could be having lunch right now, um, you know, with a friend, but you're choosing to do this instead. And that speaks volume about your leadership and how you're investing your time. So I do want to really thank you for that. Uh, Very appreciated. Well, we got to spend an hour of time with a friend. So that that was a good thing. Um, if, If you are listening to this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, um, to hit like, and, uh, and to share positive feedback. So with all of that being said, have a great week. Thank you. See you next week. Today's podcast was engineered by Kyra Montero of Frequency Canvas.